Welcome to an episode of Land Grant Holy Land's recruiting-centric podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Tamanini, and on this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and sometimes even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am joined by one of Land Grant Holy Land's recruiting analysts and columnists and our own resident football coach, Caleb Hauser. Caleb, you are 5-0 and in this high school season. Uh, How does it feel to be ranked number one in the state? It feels it feels good. It feels uh, kind of bittersweet, actually, because it's one of those things where you're really excited for your kids, but you also understand, like, well, you got a bigger target on your back. So, um, and this, this, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant. Like our, our school is very blessed. Our kids are very talented and we've got a rich program of, you know, really, really good tradition way, way before, you know, I was there and it'll be way, it'll be there way after I'm gone too. I mean, it has nothing to do with me. Our kids are, are very talented, but it feels like sometimes on Friday nights, we're just people gear up and we're like their Super Bowl, um, you know, so to speak. And yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is something that, you know, is a sign of respect too, but it's also extremely, uh, it can be kind of you know annoying for us as coaching, as coaches for our for our team too, because we kind of get everybody's best shot. But I mean, definitely a, a position I, I enjoy being in, and I'm, I'm just really happy for our kids. Yeah, I mean it's it's not dissimilar from Ohio State. Everybody Ohio State plays, especially in the regular season, feels that way about coming to Ohio Stadium right. or, or or hosting the Buckeyes. So it's uh, not that different, but. One of the things that we're going to talk about today is people coming to Ohio Stadium, and that is a number of recruits, more or less in the 2024 class, but there was one big 2023 recruit that made the visit for the Ohio State-Wisconsin game that happened on Saturday. Obviously, Ohio State won big 52-21, to and honestly, they, it didn't even seem like they really tried all that hard after the mid-second quarter, and they just kind of like did their thing and didn't show anything. Um, it was a really kind of an impressive blowout and really the first time that we've seen both Ohio State's offense and defense clicking on all cylinders at the same time this season. Um, that was really exciting and it could not have happened at a better time, especially because a guy that we've talked about before, Caleb, was in the building again after being there for the Notre Dame game. He was there over the summer as well. And that is Keon Keeley, who is really one of the biggest prizes still out there on the board in the country. He's the number seven player in the country. He is a five-star edge rusher. He is currently like looking at his final schools of Alabama, Ohio State, and Florida. All of the original prognoses had been to Alabama. They all crystal balls all went in for the tide after he decommitted from Notre Dame. He hasn't committed yet. And last time we talked, like that's a good sign that he hasn't pulled the trigger. He is going to go to Tuscaloosa for a game uh, later this season at Alabama. He's going to go on October 8th, but he's been to two games in Columbus so far this month, and he's had really good comments after both visits. So, like, that seems like a good thing. You wish you had that final official visit, but so far I don't know that the Buckeyes could have asked for much more when it comes to Keon Keeley. Yeah, I think you hit on it right there when you say, you know, you wish you had the final official visit. But I think the cool thing for Ohio State is just knowing that he did come back on his own dime. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, another choice where he could have been anywhere in the country. He went to Florida the week after the Ohio State's Notre Dame game, um, you know, saw Florida lose to Kentucky. And, you know, within two weeks, he's right back at Ohio State again. And I think, again, you hit nail on the head. It's just one of those things that shows not only is he seriously interested in Ohio State, but Ohio State has, you know, more than just a legitimate puncher's chance here. Um, they, I mean, they're right there now with with Alabama. And I think that second visit obviously, you know, cements that in stone. Uh, and it's, again, you know, like you said, with being the top edge rusher in the country, this could be one of, you know, 
those late heroics Larry Johnson has been so accustomed to doing and just, you know, landed another five-star and a great defensive end, you know, for his, for his cycle. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what happens. It's one of those things where like you, like you kind of hammered on already, if he didn't choose to go to Alabama or commit to Alabama right after the Notre Dame pledge, that's a good thing for Ohio state. The fact that he was able to get on campus, you know, for the Notre Dame game, that's, that's huge. And then when he decides to come back, you know, three weeks later for another game, that's, that just, you know, for me, it kind of it kind of shows Ohio State not only impressed him enough, you know, the first time around, but he really wanted to see things a second time around. And, you know, and knowing that his family is, you know, sold on Ohio State, too, if that's Keon's ultimate choice in the end. Um, you know, it, I think things are looking up and trending upwards. And again, you know, to be able to have that kind of a visit, you know, just weeks after you're already here on your own dime, that pretty much says all you need to know. Well, and you mentioned that he went to Florida after he was in Columbus for the Notre Dame game. He's a Tampa kid. So like right. that's an easy visit for him. It's a and it's a fairly it's a much easier visit to Tuscaloosa even for him, although you still have to fly. That's not a drive for him. But like this wasn't like he's from Ohio or from Indiana or from Pennsylvania right. and he just made a drive over to Columbus. Like this was multiple, you know, flights that he has to do. I don't know if he played on Friday night and then had to take an early morning flight into Columbus on Saturday morning, but that's a big commitment to be able to do that on your own dime after you were there less than a month ago. Like that's really exciting. And um, he's got an article, Bill Kurlick has an article where he talked about him and he said, basically it was a, a great visit. Like it was one of those things where you expect Larry Johnson to do things the right way. He obviously probably didn't have a lot of interaction with Larry Johnson on a game day, but one of the things that I think is really important beyond what the recruiting staff does is this is the second time that Keon Keely has been in the building and Ohio State's defense has looked really good and shut down a traditional power. And we talked about this before the season started, like there hadn't been a ton of defensive commits during the summer. We saw a bunch of wide receivers commit. We saw three in a row. And we kind of lamented the fact that there weren't a ton of defensive guys, at least big defensive guys, in the 2023 class. And I'd said at the time, like, I think they're all just waiting. They want to see what Jim Knowles' defense right. looks like and what they, what type of play they can expect and how much of an improvement they'll see from 2021. How important is it for guys like Keon Keeley to see in person the type of defense that they're going to play in and be able to say, I like that style. That style is good for me rather than just taking a coach on his word that this is the type of, of player that you're going to be in my system. Right. And I mean, the actions speak louder than words for sure. And it's, I think when you look at the offensive side of the ball, it's kind of, it kind of makes sense. You got all these big time offensive targets that are always on hand at Ohio state. And you just continue to see the numbers and numbers and numbers and these accolades that the offensive side of the ball is putting up. And it, it kind of, you know, it, it makes perfect sense why they're doing so well in recruiting on the offensive side, uh, you know, with the skill positions mainly, but yeah, I mean, I think again, with the defensive side of the ball, when Keon's able to see, you know, guys like JTT and Jack Sawyer, who are young guys, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, sophomores and they're already having huge, you know, national impacts, you know, not only just for Ohio state, but I mean, these are well-known national names, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. So I think if Keon's, you know, looking at that kind of stuff and saying, you know, I could really picture myself in this scheme, you know, as one of those edge rushers, like a JTT, you know, like a Zach Harrison, like a Jack Sawyer, um, especially the younger guys that we mentioned, it just, again, I think it's one of those things that, you know, Alabama is the cream of the crop as well, too. But there is something special about what Larry Johnson does in terms of not only recruiting his guys, but also building a really strong relationship um, with those players as well, too. And I think 
you know, kind of being that grandfather figure away from home, to, you know, to a lot of these players that he's, you know, been been said to have been, you know, in, in years past, and even right now, I'm sure with the guys that are on the roster, I think those are the kinds of things that parents look at when they're sending their son off to colleges. You know, I can trust this man. I can trust him, you know, to not only develop my son off the field, but, you know, on the field as well, too. So, uh, you know, all those things are really exciting for me in terms of, you know, just whether or not Ohio State has a legitimate shot here. And again, it, it just is, it kind of really jumps off the screen at you when you see a kid like that, you know, on those viral videos that were posted all over social media of, you know, of Keon walking in and, you know, taking his phone and kind of doing the whole, you know, video of like, oh my gosh, this place is ridiculous. You know, and then again, you know, another night game three weeks later, he's right back in the same type of environment, you know, if not better with, you know, the blackout going on. And I mean, that crowd would on Saturday was loud on TV. So I can only imagine, you know, what it was like when he's, you know, right there, you know, in the front rows and with the rest of the recruits that are on hand. So, you know, hats off to Ohio State being able to get him back for, you know, two primetime, you know, events against, you know, top teams, you know, not only in the conference, but, you know, Notre Dame's not real good right now, but they were, that was a top five matchup when it, when it happened. So I think Ohio State's really got things cooking right now for Keon. And if they're able to land him, I think these last two visits are a big reason why. And what's interesting is, is that we know that Ohio State can land multiple big time defensive linemen in the same class they had not only JT Tui Malowau and Jack Sawyer in the 2020 class uh or is that 2021 2021 class and but they also got Mike Hall Hall. who people for like he's kind of the forgotten guy but he was like a top 55 guy in the country so they can do that but as you're looking at the defensive line they're still in the running for like three major edge rushers with Keon Keeley Damon Wilson and Mateo Uyunglele and all three of those guys still seem to have interest to varying levels in Ohio State I think Mateo and Keon seem to be the ones that are the most excited about Ohio State, but Damon Wilson still has Ohio State uh, in the mix with Alabama and Georgia and Miami and Texas. Uh, Damon's the, a four-star number 39 player in the country. Uh, Mateo Uyunglele, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but we've talked about him before. He's 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 great as well. Oh, he's the number eight player in the country, so just one spot behind Keon. So what are the chances that Larry is able to pull off another I don't know if you can get all three because they all play the same position, but like, can you get Mateo and Keon? Can you get one of them and Damon? Like, how does, like, what are the chances of them actually landing two out of those three big edge rushers? I think it's kind of funny that you asked because I, mean, I think last time on the podcast we talked, it was kind of one of those situations where it was like Ohio State definitely can get one of these guys. I don't think you'll get two. You certainly won't get three. And now it's kind of like, you know what? Ohio State might actually be able to get two of these guys out of the three. Um, and, and if if Keon's one of those guys that, you know, kind of jumps in, you know, before, you know, Damon Wilson does or Mateo does, th- those are the kind of things that it, it's almost like the wide receiver trend. You know, when Ohio State was landing all the receivers, you know, three days in a row, maybe it's one of those situations too where these guys want to play together. They want to play with each other. They want to build something special on the defensive side of the ball. And it's just a huge credit right now, in my opinion, to Jim Knowles. I mean, Larry Johnson's always been extremely good at his job. But I think the way Jim Knowles has just come in there with new life, new energy, new scheme, and is teaching these guys, it's just incredible. I mean, I, I kind of watch, and this is obviously the different position, but with Tommy, I mean, Eichenberg, you watch him on Saturday night, and he, I mean, re- legitimately, he's a different he's player. 
Yeah, he's it's it's night and day. I mean, last year it was, it, and this is not to you know knock the kid, but it was one of those things where it's like the the feet were almost in quicksand. Like he was slow to react to the ball, slow to react to this and that, and he was slow in his reads. Uh, and, and I mean, now it's just it, it's clicking on all cylinders. And obviously, a, a good defensive line is going to free up linebacker play. So I think the two, you know, obviously going hand in hand. But the way Jim Knowles is able to come in here and and teach this scheme and get these guys bought in, it, it's totally different. And I think the excitement around that kind of a defense. Of you know, increase in a jolt in production is definitely gonna is, is gonna carry over to the recruiting side of things as well too eventually. And I do think, especially with edge rushers, it is somewhat similar to wide receivers because one, like edge rushers is like the sexy skill position player on defense, like wide receiver is. Right. But it's not running back. It's not quarterback where you really only play one at a time. And obviously, Ohio State has had a pretty good. Uh, uh, run so far in the first four games of having multiple running backs but like there's still generally only one on the field at a time and I think the fact that Jim Knowles and Larry Johnson have figured out a way to get both Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimaloa on the field at the same time and while we haven't seen the sacks that we would necessarily want to see from them they are making a difference on that uh, on that line for guys like Mateo and Damon and Keon to see that those guys are in their second year. They played in their first year. If they come to Columbus, they're going to be behind those guys as juniors for one year. They'll be rotational guys, as we know that uh, Larry Johnson likes to rotate guys as much as possible. And then they, as sophomores, just like Jack and JT, they're going to get an opportunity to play. Like That's exciting, and it is very similar to what we've seen with Brian Hartline do at the wide receiver position. So I'm I'm not you know counting on getting any of them because looking at Alabama is – always tough and all three of those guys also have the crimson tide at the top of their uh their list in terms of who they're looking at but like i mean it you feel pretty good about getting at least one or two of them and big dave really likes ohio state and larry johnson too mateo's dad so uh yeah it's exciting i'm looking forward to that one you you definitely never know and and one thing that you know larry johnson's done in the past with the rushman package is you know play for defensive ends you know at the same time with you know with a different look and and really just coming off coming off a defensive line with speed rush tactics and and that's one of those things too that you know whether or not you know they're a freshman or you know sophomore those are the kinds of packages that can get you in on the field And, and like you said i mean jt and jack they played last year as true freshmen and they didn't have like you know while they weren't national impact guys as freshmen if they certainly took the steps as freshmen to be those guys this year. And I think, you know, if, if anything is a, is a recruiting tactic for these guys, you know, besides, you know, the awesome game day experience, you know, besides just, you know, the other things that Ohio state has to offer, including the NFL draft with the development that Larry Johnson has, one thing they do have going for them is they do play young guys on the defensive line pretty early and mainly at defensive end, because, you know, like you said, they tend to rotate so much. So if there's any tactics that, you know, Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles are using, you know, in the recruiting game, even this late into the cycle, it's got to be one of those things of, hey, check the tape, watch us, you know, take us for for our word as well, too. You know, you're going to see the field, you know, even when you're young, if you're producing and you're looking the part in practice. Yeah, that's uh, it's a pretty good sell. Like, uh, again, going up against Alabama is never easy on the recruiting trail or on the field. But I feel like Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles have something special going and it could really turn the tide on for the sure. recruiting trail as well. Let's talk about a couple other guys who either were or were supposed to be in Columbus for the game. What 
another guy who's really big uh, in Ohio State's recruiting plans is 2024 offensive uh, lineman Ian Moore. We talked about him on the last time we did a podcast, so I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on him. But he was on uh, on campus. He's a four-star guy. He's number 91 in the country, interior offensive line, number four at his position in the country, the number one player in the state of Indiana from New Palestine. Big dude. He's already 6'5", 295. He's only a junior. Or no, he's only a sophomore, right? That's 2024. Right. Yep. Um, wait, is that right? No, he, he's a junior. Junior. Yep, he's yep, he's a junior. Uh, yeah, yeah, junior two, yeah. This year, next year. Yeah. So he's got room to grow, but he was on campus again. He was on campus for the Notre Dame game. Obviously, a much easier drive from Indiana than from Florida, but good to note that he was there. Um, another guy that was on campus, uh, and another one that's uh, a really big potential player for uh, Ohio State coming up in the 2024 class. And hold on, there we go. <coughs> is Bryce West. He is a four-star cornerback out of Cleveland Glenville High School. Love that pipeline coming down. The composite is he's the he's a four-star number 37 player in the country, number seven quarterback, number one player in the state of Ohio in the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, l- always love guys from Cleveland Glenville getting in there, and the fact that he was back on campus is, uh, is obviously a good thing from uh, Terry Glenn's program up in the Cleveland area. Yeah, no, I, I think the big thing for me when I look at the the Ian Moore thing is is just, you know, again, whether it's a long trip or a short trip, getting these kind of guys back on campus, you know, at, you know, not even a month away from their first visit, it just gets them more comfortable with the staff, gets them more comfortable with being in Columbus, uh, you know, gets them familiar with the guys that potentially could be in that class as well. Obviously, the 2023 commits are going to, you know, show him just as much love as the 2024 guys are, um, you know, just in terms of who's committed, who's uncommitted, who's, you know, a top target for Ohio State. But the continued visits, the amount of trips they're taking back to campus, I, th- I think it really just shows, you know, obviously one, how, how, how Ohio state kind of sits for them currently, but also two, you know, what the staff feels about them and, you know, again, just getting them more comfortable with the staff. So that's an exciting thing. And then you hit it obviously out of the park again with, you know, Bryce West coming out of Glenville. I mean, th- again, those are the same type of deal. These kids know what Ohio state has to offer. They know everything about Ohio state. They've been to campus several times, but those continued visits again, just, you know, kind of show how comfortable they are with the staff, how comfortable they're getting with the staff. And if anything, you know, you don't want to count your chickens before they hatch, but it's one of those things where it's almost like a foregone conclusion that Bryce is going to be in the class just a matter of time. Yeah. He's already got two crystal balls uh, for Ohio state and they're from two of 24 sevens, biggest recruiting analysts, right. so national analysts. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Alan true for, who's a national recruiting analyst and Bill Curlick, who is the Dean of Ohio state recruiting. Uh, they both have crystal balls at a six the power ranking uh, for Bryce to end up in the class. One guy who was supposed to be in Columbus, but ended up not making it. We don't exactly know why, excuse me. We don't exactly know why at this point yet, Uh, but he is the number one wide receiver in the class, uh, depending on whatever ranking you're looking at uh, for 2024, Jeremiah Smith from Opelika, Florida, Shamanad Madonna prep. He is a depending on how you're looking at the four at the twenty four seven composite ranking. He is a five star player, the number ten player nationally. Uh, he's got his list for right now down to Miami, Ohio State, Alabama, USC. He also has uh, four crystal balls for Ohio State, uh, and they are some big ones, including Steve Wiltfong uh, and Andrew Ivins. He didn't make it, but he sure was tweeting through the game about how good they looked. So. 
obviously love to get the number one or depending on the rankings, even as far as number three uh, wide receiver in that class, that seems to be, you know, par for the course for Brian Hartline. But um, what do you think about the fact that one, he wasn't there, but which is he's coming from Florida that, you know, maybe his game went late and he couldn't make it the night before. But the fact that he was very publicly uh, celebrating Ohio State's butt kicking of the Badgers on social media. Yeah, again, it's just the embarrassment of riches at the receiver position is is on is unbelievable. I mean, it's it's the best it's the best group in the in the country, and it, I don't think it's particularly close to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, what Brian Hartline's able to do in terms of development is just unbelievable. Um, but I think the cool thing for me is when I look at this is Jeremiah Smith. You know, during the game, tweeted Buckeye Nation with the with the famous eye emojis, which is you know clearly like, hey, you know, I'm paying attention. Obviously, he knows all the eyes are on him too in terms of like recruiting followers that are following the 2024 class. You know, being the top ranked receiver i mean ohio state it's almost like again like a foregone conclusion that you know the buckeyes are going to get three of the top five receivers in the class every year with heartline at the helm i mean it's almost to the point where you don't want to take it for granted but you almost do uh because it happens so often and it's just it's incredible what he's doing but i think the cool thing you know from that vantage point was looking at brandon ennis the current 2023 uh receiver commit for ohio state and he goes you already know what it is so like Here's Jeremiah Smith tweeting like Buckeye Nation, you know, you know, what am I going to decide type of deal? You know, hitting that like, you know, am I going to come here? And, you know, Ennis, you know, a year ahead of him again, it's just iron sharpens iron, that old adage, whether it's cliche or not. It's, it's definitely true um, in the receiver room. Ohio State has these guys, even though they're not on campus yet, they're already looking at, you know, playing together, trying to get each other going, you know, in terms of developing themselves and playing against the best and competing against the best. And you see that on Saturday night. I mean, once again, you got Emeka Buka, who's a true sophomore and he's he's unbelievable. You got Julian Fleming, who's still a younger guy with the red shirt and the medical stuff he's had, you know, he's caught three touchdown pa- or four touchdown passes in the last two weeks. And then of course, you know, Marvin, the alien, just un- unbelievable. I mean, like the he embarrassment of riches. He doesn't even count. Are, like he doesn't count as a sophomore. Like he's been no, a college he football it's, player for like six <laughs> yeah, years yeah. because of his dad. Like that's insane. He has. No, and it's, it's unreal. I mean, you see how young these guys are. You look at that roster and you're like, man, he, and the crazy part is, is the best one's not even playing. Um, yeah. And the, it's just, it, it's, it's insane. I mean, I look at, I look at what they're able to do on the field and I coach that position. And I mean, the guys that I have on my team, a little shout out to them. We, we scored five touchdowns this past weekend at the receiver position. So I was pretty geeked. Um, but I mean, that's just another day in the, in the office for Ohio state right now. I mean, it's, it's truly unbelievable what they're able to do, the speed, the hands, the, just the route running that they do. It, it's all, you know, next level type stuff. And when you're able to recruit the guys that are the most highly touted receivers in the country, it just kind of the cycle the cycle repeats, if you will. The trend continues. It is definitely a good time to be a Buckeye fan, and we're hoping to get some booms at some point. Like, I don't know that there's any reason to expect that guys are going to commit in season. I mean, you could at any point. There are guys for other schools looking to commit, you know, at any point. But Ohio State's class is so firm right now that there's only a few spots left, and it is looking at the defensive line. So I feel like those guys are going to go to all their visits. Maybe we'll see some after Keon goes to Alabama, uh, in, I guess the the 8th of October, maybe he'll start to make a decision there and maybe that'll start a tidal wave of everything else falling into place. But between now and December, I mean, all those guys are going to be making their decisions and that's, you know, we're at, at the end of September. So that's like two and a half months away from early signing period. So like things are going to start heating up, especially as their seasons continue to move towards their playoffs and the end of the regular season. Like we're going to start hearing a little bit more about where these guys are going to go and right. hopefully get as many of them onto campus in January as possible to get them as much time prepping with the team before next fall. Cause 
when you're getting guys like Keon Keely or maybe Mateo Uyunglele in the class, you want them there. So like we said, they can be ready to rotate in and get some playing time as true freshmen, especially if the offense keeps blowing people out like they have been so far this season. Is there anybody else that we didn't talk about that either isn't getting the the attention that he should uh, or um, might be a guy who could break out anything that um, is flying a little under the radar in terms of recruiting that you think we need to keep an eye on? Yeah, I think one of the names just in state that probably doesn't get the recognition that he does. Maybe it's because he's in state. Maybe because it's you know not a program in state that is uh, that maybe it's highly touted in the area. But Cincinnati Taft High School um, edge rusher Elias Rudolph is is one of the guys that was on campus this past weekend. Obviously, like we said, he's an in-state kid in the 2024 class, six foot four, 220 pound edge rusher. In the composite, he's the 182nd player overall. He's the seventh best player in Ohio and the 16th best edge rusher in the class. But again, Again, it's one of those four-star athletes that, you know, he's not super, super thick right now, um, but he's just absolutely an animal, you know, for his high school team right now. And I think one of the things with him is you look at that kind of frame, and it's what we've seen Ohio State do so many times over and over again with Mickey Marotti and the strength program. It's once those guys get onto Ohio State's campus, if they choose to be Buckeyes, it's they completely just transform their body into something that, you know, again, kind of looks like, you know, it's made in the movies or something like that. But Elias Rudolph is a, is a name that I think probably just goes under the radar a little bit. I definitely don't think he's not well known, uh, but I don't think people you know focus on him as much because of the other in-state guys like Bryce West, uh, you know, in the 2024 class that at least in-state probably take most of the recognition right now. Yeah, but I mean, he's a top 200 player, four star guy at a, yep. you know, that's that's a type of guy that often you see in the class at some point might not be one of the first commits, but maybe a guy that ends up joining at some point. So we will definitely see. I mean, the other schools that are he's warm on right now are Pitt, which, okay, whatever, and Clemson. So right. uh, we'll see yeah, what he's happens. He's got 20 offers to his name. So, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely not a, it's definitely not one of those, you know, under the radar recruits that, you know, oh, if Ohio State gets him, it's, you know, why, why did we take a chance or a flyer on him? I mean, he's got, you know, he's got offers from Tennessee, Clemson, Michigan, Michigan State, West Virginia. Um, Kentucky and, and Cincinnati and other schools like that that are already on his radar, like you mentioned. Um, so it, it's definitely one of those players that, in my opinion, he's really not an up and comer. He's just he's a solid, steady recruit that maybe Ohio State hasn't looked at, you know, as much because of the, you know, because of the fact that sometimes they tend to go more national with, you know, the edge rusher position. But you know, when you got someone like that in your own backyard, it's definitely a, a huge depth piece and you know a little bit of a, a blessing that Ohio State gets these kind of highly touted kids, you know, right within their own state. All right, I think we'll wrap it up there, Caleb. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land's The Dotted Line Podcast. If you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Throughout the entire college football season, we are putting out one, and in most days, two different podcasts every single day with all of the news, insights, and conversations that you need to be the most up-to-date Buckeye fan possible, as well as unique voices and perspectives that you won't hear anywhere else. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can follow me at Matt. Caleb, where can people find you? At Caleb Hauser 9. All right, everybody. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, and as always, go Bucks.